everyone, we have the privilege today of having Dr. Ayla Tazi join us from Africa, Kenya, I believe. And uh, it's great to have him. Many of us feel like we know Ayla from the Engage Africa videos and more recently the, some of the podcasts that we've put up. So welcome, Ayla. Thank you. Uh, you're speaking to us in Canberra, the capital of Australia, uh, as a Praxis gang from uh, mostly Australia, but a, a, a little bit around the world as well. And uh, Ayla, I just wanted to introduce you a little bit before um, we get into our discussion today and some training you'll bring us on church. Guys, just wanted to share with you uh, Ayla's history, just very briefly. He met Jesus as a Muslim teenager in northern Kenya, and God then soon called him uh, to 14 unreached people groups. Uh, this was through a, a burning bush type encounter or vision where God asked Ayla, can cabbages grow in the desert? If you want to know more about that vision, check out that first podcast we had with him recently. Um, since then, Ayla really kind of originally struggled to have faith in his own words for movements amongst these people groups or cabbages, if you like. And um, in that podcast, he described how God had to really shift some of his mindset when it came to embracing movements. He shared how God um, uh, had to really tell him to really get out of the way to see movement happen. Um, since God first gave Ayla that vision for northern Kenya, all of these 14 unreached people groups are now being engaged. Even Indigenous teams have been raised up for each of those groups, with some even seeing movement take off. And all of this, despite Ayla once thinking, no, it, it can't happen here. <laughs> so we fast forward to today and Ayla shares um, how God has really called him even to a much wider vision for East Africa. And uh, this is home to around 300 unreached people groups. And he has shared with us how 147 of these groups are now being engaged and even a total of 39 movements happening, uh, which Ayla describes a movement as at least 100 churches that go to at least four generations. So we're going to um, just let Ayla share with us today how to start churches as he shares stories from his context in Africa. So again, welcome, brother. Thank you, Ayla, for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thank you for having for, me. We're gathering for what we call tribe time. And uh, so as a Praxis community. So Ayla, we just wanted to kick things off by asking you a really broad question. What is church? Okay, thank you again uh, for having me. Uh, it's morning here, probably it's afternoon on your part of the world. Uh, it's my pleasure to join you and uh, again learn with you because I believe it's everyday learning. And, uh, and so learn together with you, share what God um, is doing. So the subject of church, let me go straight to the subject of church. I, I, I think church is, uh, uh, to me, it's one of the most misunderstood institution instituted by God today. Uh, as I look around what people call church or what is church and so much confusion. And uh, we all know that since the time of the apostles, church was seriously misunderstood. 
And of course, this has led to the development of church system that has actually affected uh, the Great Commission. And, and, and so as we make disciples, for us, we started going back to the scriptures to look at the definition of the church. Because uh, in all kinds of forms that we see that of churches uh, that people call whatever they call church today has created a very serious confusion. When I started making disciples among the Muslims, um, for sure I knew that what I would call a church is not what people from Christian background of uh, southern Kenya would call a church. Because by then in the north where I was, you know, engaging my community, there wasn't any form of an indigenous uh, expression of a church. And so the people from Muslim background felt that the church is for the people from other parts of Kenya, not for them, because it, it didn't add an indigenous expressions. So for us, going back to the scriptures and mostly looking at the book of Acts, a church by definition is a group of believers. And, and uh, for this reason, I use the word baptized because of how the body come together. So it's a group of baptized believers gathering uh, regularly to worship, fellowship, rediscover the scriptures, serve and evangelize. I mean, in a simple sense, uh, for me, it is, it is uh, this gathering of believers. And it is the function of the group that makes it a church. And uh, kind of um, taking away all kinds of forms and requirements, uh, other extra requirements. And so for me, it's this group of believers coming to do these functions that are the mention of, you know, worship, fellowship, uh, looking at the scriptures, praying, serving, and sharing their faith with others qualifies a group to be a church. And for me, that's kind of the simple description of a church. Now, why that was important for me at the beginning of my first church from a Muslim background believers, building was, was by itself an obstacle in a community like that. Um, because mostly when people say church, uh, even in, a, in an Islamic context, they try to build a building and put a cross on top of it. In my community, you can't do that. And uh, some people attempted to do that. It was all the time burnt, destroyed, because they, to them, church is a building. And so uh, the, the reason why this group of new believers coming to Jesus started gathering in a house doing those three functions that I mentioned, settled with the people because now they don't need some extra things. And, and as they fellowship, pray, share the scriptures, you know, do sacraments together, uh, that group started uh, having, you know, relationship uh, that made them to be a church. So in, 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 it's a long description, but really I would go back to that and see that one as what I would call a church. A group of baptized believers kind of meeting, doing the functions of the church. Fantastic, fantastic. Ayla, if we dig a little bit deeper into uh, maybe a context or an example, where have you seen a church start? Uh, stripping it all back, uh, back into your own story or, or where you have seen this happen, 
Give us a, an insight. What does it look like to see a church begin? So oh, initially my, my early church plant wasn't uh, really a movement type. Um, I went back to the North Kenya where I accepted the Lord Jesus, started meeting with the first few believers. There are about six first. And uh, somebody offered a house, and uh, we just wanted to do study the Bible. And uh, it's an Islamic town, so the pressure was so much. Uh, and, and so while we were uh, studying the scriptures and praying together, uh, some people started believing, and they started inviting others into this gathering. As they were, we were looking at the scriptures, learning together, uh, as you know, people understood the scriptures, believing them, we started baptizing them. And of course, through that, we started uh, doing, you know, things that we see in the Bible, Lord's table, singing and worship. Uh, so for us, uh, that became the beginning of the church. And the group was growing and, and, and doing this function. Uh, but the emphasis on something in the middle of this is really the reaching out of this group to their neighbors and to their friends and continue to the, share their faith whatever context that they find themselves in. So uh, that's, that's, that's uh, I, I would say, as we continued doing, the church emerged rather than we said, okay, now let us plant a church. And then we have all this. We, st- we continued doing this and the church became. That's why I like using the word emerging rather than just go and make something, an organization to happen. So the church emerged out of this as they continued learning, fellowshipping, discovering, and all those things happened. Fantastic. Yeah, great key to see church as something that emerges as you go into a community and you believe for what, yeah, the kingdom of God can look like as you step in. Um, Ayla, you've mentioned already um, seeing church form, um, what can be some barriers? You've mentioned already buildings in that Muslim context that you really started in. Uh, do you want to speak a little bit more into barriers for seeing church formation? Um, really, we uh, again in my context, there were there were really so much of these barriers. Like I had earlier shared, this one of it was the building. Now, building, uh, where in Islamic context, if you make a building, it kind of seems to be a competition against the mosque. And so building was a, was a barrier. Another thing is the forms of worship. Um, some of the people that came to the North Kenya to, to do um, civil servants as Christians in the Islamic context, they carried with them these Christian traditions. And one of the traditions is worship. And, and whatever the way they worship doesn't make sense to the North Kenyans. And so traditions like forms of worship, styles of worship, uh, was, was really a big barrier. Uh, people in North Kenya uh, do not express even in their singing. And so there's so much expected that they would sing in certain way or use certain words for their worship. Uh, and that's why we had to find 
some indigenous ways of expression even in their worship other thing other other things that we found out uh, later on as we continued growing is some extras that are not even in the bible that uh, uh, we were asked to have for example people must have trained these clergy trained all these things to be the minister um, i realize most of the people in northern kenya are nomad from nomadic background and and you have very few people that can be trained they are oral people and so if you want things like a, a trained clergy a trained professional uh, person to lead this group you'll definitely don't get it in northern kenya but yet these people are coming and worshiping and so we started helping people learn on how to lead by leading by doing by being there by being part of the community so things like extra things uh extra uh education or things or dressing dressing codes uh dressings different kind of dresses that you are required to dress this way and you are required to be this way so those became i mean uh or sometimes even people coming from other christian part of the country where I am, they would not expect you to put on the dressing that the community has because they identify that one with islamic uh whether you are a christian or a, a muslim in northern kenya the dressing code is all the same because it's more cultural uh than being a religious dressing but it is identified by by those coming from a christian context as islamic and so they wanted them to change to wear different styles and people felt like why you are like bringing your cultures on us and that became a, a way for them to resist and it's an, it's an obstacle uh another obstacle is the languages uh that are being used uh in the churches uh more often you go to a christian meeting and you hear people say praise the lord hallelujah and and be use big christian words and when you are in a context like islam you wonder like where what are these words what are they for and so these are as much as they are not wrong being used in a context that people are not very familiar with uh becomes some sort of an obstacle languages uh, uh that we use musical instruments uh those are all um uh some of the things that uh we've experienced in our context as obstacles and uh, uh i i also uh so uh one time the 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 the, the meeting style uh, uh people in north kenya or people among the islamic communities are family oriented and and they are not really so much of individuals and so if, if you engage with people you always have to engage the family and you cannot e- extract individuals from families to do this and so most of the churches are built around families and in our engagement to win we win families than winning individuals and so that's why even in the context of persecution the church remains stronger because we have families coming together um and and so uh if you extracting individuals especially for those who are planting the church in islamic context became a contentious issues because now the families felt you are removing your, our family members and put them as lost individuals to form a church 
which is not sustainable. In most cases, they are persecuted, they ran, they run out of the community and they're gone forever. And so extraction evangelism was such a, a big obstacle um, uh, in my context. Uh, other things that we also found to be very difficult in, 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 as an obstacle um, is also the, the, the use of time. Uh, Muslims do meet on Fridays. Fridays are their days of, of worship for Muslims. And so if you say, okay, Sundays is a day of meeting, and that's the only day that you know that the church should meet. It's not. Church chooses when to meet and how to meet and what they choose to do when they meet. Of course, biblical things. And so some started meeting in the evening after milking their animals, after dinner. People start coming from homes and start doing, uh, doing, doing church. So it's their choice. The day of meeting was their choice. It wasn't my choice. What is convenient for them, depending on if they are nomadic tribe, uh, nights are the best times and not daytimes because they have to water and graze their animals, all sorts of things. And so I've been to churches that look so different, but the internal dynamic of the church is all the same. What they do when they come together to do the church, it's all the same. Time different. Musics are all different, and 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 all those. And so we try in our in our ministry to remove all the obstacles so that church can become church by looking at what they do when they gather. Mm, fantastic! There's some great insights there. I especially like the idea that leaders become leaders by leading. <laughs> It is, not yeah. Not just by... Not by training, yeah, being, formal training. Yeah. So that they become mm. professional leaders than leaders that are leading by practice and leadership skills. Awesome. Awesome. So good. Ayla, um, share with us, a lot of us have really bought into the idea of discovery Bible study and, and really love that. Um, uh, some of us are struggling, though, to form church. Um why Why and how do we see a discovery group become a church? Why should we see that happen and how have you seen in, in your um, experience um, this happen? Uh, mostly, um, in, 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 again, I will speak so much of my context and what I'm also experiencing as traveling and training in other contexts. People like to do DBS or discovery groups. Uh, uh, there's a lot of relationship there, but they stop at it. They do not work on transition and, and to transition to a church. In all our process of disciple-making from finding the personal peace and starting the DBS group, and DBS group, uh, discovery group becoming a church, and you develop a leaders, and you continue to facilitate uh, the cycle to happen. Most people, they end in discovery because they like doing that and that's where they remain. We encourage people to transition discovery group to a church. Now, why a church? We know that church uh, is it's, it's institution of God. Church is through which the Great Commission happens. If you do not keep that in mind, uh, that discovery group, this is where we learn as we grow, we transition to a church. 
the 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 if, if we don't do that then everything stops at that place in terms of movements and so the great commission was given to the church and the church is the body and the question comes is when would edibius becomes a church or how to transition he said when the group start doing the functions of the church i earlier mentioned those things in the book of acts we see that the church gathering and uh, we, in our context we call it gathering because when you say church people have all these added things that they have to have to become a church and so we don't have to to have that we said the church is when we start doing sacraments and sacraments are things that we see in acts chapter 2 that the early church was doing i think that is the best expression of that both in the church in jerusalem in acts chapter 2 and the church in in antioch in acts chapter 13 when you look the church gathering praying fellowshiping listen to the holy spirit and being sent out the apostolic thing to continue the movement and these and these examples are there so um i started one group and we were doing a dbx group after some time um we I, i i did not tell them now you are a church i did not tell them now you are a church because i wanted them to continue discovery and we started doing a series of discovering church and we started looking at what the group was doing in the book of acts and i asked them question and the question rose from the group why are we not doing what they are doing and so let's be obedient in what they are doing and let us continue to obey and so they started asking are we now a church by doing this i asked them what do you think so that it's not a program that will make us a church it's these functions as we continue doing that we are already a church and so people in their mind always would want to think that they, we must do a program and now identify ourselves as a church as we continue to do the function of the church we are actually already a church that is emerging we now need to do uh continue doing more of that continue multiplying of that uh knowing that we are a church people struggle uh that they don't want to make that link between a dbs group and a church and and they all always thinks what's the difference in dbs group we don't know really because they are believers they are non believers even in the church we have those the same kind of people but there's much more now us doing the sacraments and baptisms and all those things that occasionally we don't do a lot of those things in a dbs group but in a church now we are doing more of a reading of that more and more of that reading and and so uh that is really one qualifier or one thing that um, shows us that we've transitioned from a dbs group to a church but even having transition to a church doesn't mean we stop doing a dbs like there's a church that i planted came out of a dbs group became a church every sunday morning for one hour they continue to do the dbs because they want to learn to do uh, obedience to to obey all the time for our believers dbs is is to obey is you learn the discipline of obedience it's not only for starting a church and then when the, the group becomes a church you are bad on your dbs group so that we will not think about dbs one thing uh, discovery group one thing church one thing 
And uh, for us, it's, it's a combination. We continue doing. I still do my, my discovery even this morning. The group that I've been part of, even if they have started, uh, so many churches emerged out of that, they are still doing their DBS groups. So uh, that is where the functions, again, we said the sacraments are done when we look at, you know, but it's again, the intentionality of the group to transition itself, to allow that transition to happen so that this group will start doing the functions of the church. I think that's the only one one thing that, that I can I, I, I can mention, the sacrament that qualifies the group being a church. Otherwise, the group will continue to do their DBS. They will continue doing it. Fantastic. Awesome. Love what you're saying about what it's what we do as as church and uh, and seeing yeah seeing those played out and and not stopping uh, what we were doing uh, as disciples so DBS continues. Uh, I, I think from... let, let me let me let me add just one more thing. It's it's really a lifestyle that 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 you create whether you are as an individual doing that or as a group coming together to do that, because I can do my personal discovery every day. I normally do that. But there is something that I have to do as a corporate, come together with the body to do this. And that's what, what is the church. I mean, what the church does when they meet. And that's we call it the gathering. So sacrament really qualifies for us. Again, baptism, and sacraments and all those things now qualifies this group doing the functions of the church. While we still do the, our discovery group, we still do that. Because that's also reading, discovering the word. It's, it's the function of the body. You don't stop that. Awesome. Awesome. So good. Ayla, uh, where you have seen churches that continue to multiply, what are the keys for that? Uh, for some of us, um, we love gathering as church, as believers, but sometimes we get stuck and we don't multiply. Uh, what have you seen uh, as keys to seeing not just churches form, but multiply out? So if you really look at the, uh, at the DBS, uh, for us at the discovery questions, and uh, for us, we make it so simple. So I don't know how many questions that you people go through in your discovery group. In, 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 our, in our discovery group, there are specific questions of what people learn, what they are obeying, and who they are sharing with. If people stop sharing, you are not going to multiply because sharing is one of the principles of multiplications. People, by sharing, uh, you going out and meeting people, you are already engaging with the lost people. You find a personal peace and you start a DBS group. And instead of hiding those people in a new discovery group to an existing group, we encourage each person to continue grow that DBA, that discovery group, to be an independent discovery group that let them transition into a church. We, instead of trying to collapse everything into one single group to have a church, they all can grow into independent local discovery group that later on became a local church that has affiliation with each other, 
but cannot be collapsed into a group to make it a big group. We don't do that. And so if people come into a DBS group are not really obedient in learning, in obeying, and sharing, if that, especially that part of sharing, if sharing is not there, there is a DNA of multiplication that is missing even in the first place. That's why for us it is so important as people start coming to the first discovery group, the question of who did you share with? And when we find out that people are not sharing, we know that it's not going to multiply. Second, we encourage everybody coming to our DBS group to continue intentionally engage with the, with the, with the people in their relationships. Are they engaging with people? Are they out there doing things where they can find the people of peace? So if they are not, this group is not engaging with people, if they're not out there to find the person of peace, how else will you find? Uh, a mot- how will ever multiplication happen if the members of a DBS group are not engaging with the community? Are they building relationship intentionally? Are they going to the place? So we encourage all these things, and all these are part of the initial stages of us training people to do that. Uh, something else uh, in my context that we've seen is even at the beginning, when I start doing a DBS group, I start finding natural leaders from, from, from people coming to the group. I don't tell them you're leaders, but I identify them, have some conversation on the side, and continue to encourage them on a weekly basis and, and, and see them if they can start doing this the same thing in other places. And so you have to, you have to start with the DNA at the initial stage rather than trying to, I call injecting the DNA into a group to reproduce. You don't force a group to reproduce if it doesn't have a DNA of reproduction. You start with that because what you get is what you have at the beginning. So the DNA is not present and you try to group multiply when the group is already mature, it's trying to make an elephant to reproduce like a rabbit, which is impossible. It doesn't have a DNA to do that. So we, we said create a group with a DNA of multiplication even from the very first day. When people come and start coming together for a discovery group, give them the vision to see what this group would look like. Have end in mind that this is, we are starting as a small group, but we want to see the kingdom of God. You've already given them that, and how could that be? And, and so they envision uh, I remember in my contact, people coming from businesses and other places looking after the animals, and they said, I found somebody who, you told me, like, person of peace. This person sounds to me. I, I said, why, why, why do you think you think this person is a person of peace? Then they give a description and said, oh, yeah, pursue this relationship. All of a sudden, he tells me, I am doing a, D, a discovery group with that person. I say, continue doing He said, the group is growing. And I said, okay, so we'll teach you what to be doing as it grows. And eventually the group becomes a church and we get this person to go to be with that group and don't be coming here. You'll only come to us for training. And I keep the network of all this group. And sometimes there are 20 groups in an area where I train leaders together. But all those 20 groups are also multiplying because this leader started with the DNA from the very first group where he was. And all of them now, <clears throat> when they come together <clears throat> occasionally, they share testimonies. You know, this person went and he went to that village and, and you hear these stories and then it's a very exciting stories. It comes out of practice. It comes out of leaving it out 
and living their life. And this is really, people do it naturally. It's not like, okay, this week we are going to have a program. I think I'm not going to speak to, for the Western world, but Western world people rationalize everything. You are programmed in certain ways so that you fix time, you fix day, and you do, you, you do that. Africans are very relational. And so you go to a village and you go to visit your cousin. You are having a coffee. You find somebody and say, I'll come to your house. They start talking and start sharing their stories. Somebody says, come and tell this story to my village. Boom, it starts. Again, it's a different world. But I think when I read the scriptures, that's how the gospel moved through the webs of relationships. And, and naturally, to so how are we going to create these kinds of environment where naturally we allow things to happen uh, rather than formalize, structure it, program it, and then understand it before we do it? All this becomes obstacles in its way uh, of having a movement. Movement is you can structure a movement, you can control, you can program it, just depending on the Holy Spirit and creating an environment where it can happen. And we get ourselves out of the way so that God will use those relationships to cause movements happen. Mm, so good. So good. I'm hearing uh, studying with the DNA from the beginning and, and not being afraid or timid to share that vision from the very beginning with that end vision, that having the end in mind. And just incredible intentionality coming out of you there about sharing and engaging. These are two things that most churches I don't think are doing, it being really intentional, who you're sharing with and how you engage yes, yes. in the harvest and, uh, and then that key of leadership. So, you know, so, so, you know. th- so think about <clears throat> uh, a person from a local village in northern Kenya who had never been even to Nairobi praying for somebody in Australia because they believe it's part of the kingdom of God. I don't know where is Australia, or how does Australia look like? This person hasn't been even to the city of Nairobi uh, within his own country. How do you give them that broad picture of the kingdom of God, the rule of God? If people don't see that, they always see, in the church context, we always see what happens within the four walls of our building, a church, and the program and the people, and the project, and our mission. Everything is about us and what happens to us within the the walls of the church. And so with this group, I always tell them, Jesus said, go and make disciples. Jesus said, go. Whether you go to the village or you go wherever places that you go, it's a growth of the kingdom of God. That DNA is caught. When When they get that DNA, to them, even going to visit their name, their friends in a different village is part of taking the DNA with them. And then and, and, uh, somebody gave me, told me an example. You know, I went to one of the village, and we are sitting under a tree, and I asked them, how did this tree go here? They said, normally this tree do not grow here. They told me, this comes through birds. Birds would eat, see, would eat fruit somewhere, and then they come and poop here. So that's how this tree got here. He said, this tree does not belong. It belongs to another region. So this old man gave me an example. He said, if we eat the fruit of movement like that, we go everywhere we go, we poop. And, 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 and we, 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 I mean, it's not a really good example, but I would understand in the language of an ordinary oral person trying to explain. He said, we carry that seed in us. They can't. 
the bird carried the seed. He says, so how can you carry the seed? And wherever you go, use the word poop there, and, and the seed grows. It's, you carry the DNA. I mean, that's naturally what it is. You can't give birth to what you don't have. We all, uh, the way we are created, we carry a DNA in us. And that DNA, that's why when we have children, those children somehow may not exactly look like us sometimes, physically, but when you test their DNA, they are exactly us. And so when you carry that DNA, we give birth to, to something that may not exactly in expression look like us, but carries the same DNA with like us. And they carry. If they don't have that DNA, uh, let me tell you this. If you take a church of maybe some form of a Western world and bring it to my people, they'll look at it and really laugh. Whether church could happen that way. I, I, I mean, with all these forms and with all lights and all kinds of things. I mean, it, it's impossible. Literally, it's impossible. They will get scared. Church can't be this. We can't even afford this. We cannot even think it can be this. And so I give them the, the best picture of what the church looked like. And I said, Revelation 5, 9 or 7, 9, you know, from all, from all parts of the world, all colors. He says, standing before the throne and worshiping the king. And he said, worship, uh, worship brings us together. And, and we, we worship the king. We don't, we don't worship our, uh, our organization. It's not how much fancy and great how we sing or we don't sing. It? Worship is our, our expression of allegiance. It's, it's, it's our hearts going to the king, exalting the king. And they do understand that. And sometimes I sit there and listen to them making music. Uh, a village woman uh, met Jesus. Uh, actually, uh, this is a great testimony. Uh, one of our, our team went to a place, and a, a woman was uh, crazy, uh, mentally sick, disturbed the whole village for many years, and she was being bound and kept in a room, and they closed down, and Jesus appeared to this woman and, and told her that you are suffering because of your sins. And, uh, and, and, and she said, he touched me and healed me. She didn't know that it was Jesus. She just said, a guy in, in white dress, lighting light from his face, I couldn't see his face, came through the walls. He said, I don't know who it was. She didn't even know that because when, when people saw her well, after they opened their room to give her food, they found the woman was well and they asked her, what happened to you? She said, a guy came through this and full of light and touched me and told me, you know, because you're suffering because of your sin. I don't know who that guy was. He just disappeared. And they were taking her home and in one of the markets, she saw a group of our disciple makers witnessing. And they are telling a group of people about the stories of Jesus. And she was standing at the back listening to these guys. After their presentation, she went to one of them and she asked, Why are you with that guy? You speak like him. Which guy? Said, the guy came into the room and, and healed me. And, 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 and he just disappeared. But the words he used are exactly his words. They realized that Jesus must have appeared to her. That woman led this group to the village. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so many things happened. And today, she's one of our coordinators through this woman. We've seen 20 plus uh, local indigenous churches planted. And, and, and she came to one of our meetings and I was seated there giving these testimonies. And I'm recording like 
And, and she said, he also gave me a song. This is a woman who has never been to school. She cannot read and write. And, and she said, he also gave me a song. And she started singing. And I started recording the song. And we developed that song into singing in most of our meetings. And it was gospel correct song. And, 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 and I said again, God has this. And for me, a theological person trained and all kinds of other training, I looked at this thing and I said, God, that's what I should be learning and that's where I should learn things. And, 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 and so it, it, it's, not, it, it's not really, this is not what formally sometimes people don't qualify this kind of thing, but for me it's one of the pure faiths. And they carry on with that DNA. So now I've gone to that village and I've gone to that village. I have a, an amazing coordinator among the Turkana people called Margaret. Margaret has crossed the tribes. And Margaret, she listens when she comes to the training and she listens. And after the, the class, she cannot read and write. So when, once I do the first part of the lecture and training, she remains behind and she needs 10 minutes with me to ask me, question. did you say this? Did you say this? And she uses her finger, did you say this? And I say, yes, yeah, I mean that by this. Margaret goes back and does exactly and next time she comes back and she tells me all that God has done. What I try to say is you carry the DNA wherever you go. And that DNA causes reproductions. You cannot reproduce what you don't have inside you. That's why it's difficult for many people to multiply because they don't carry the DNA in themselves. Hmm. Wow. Wow. The significance of leaders and uh, our role as uh, some of us, uh, we, all of us, we need to lead. <laughs> we need to be, be leading, but also create an environment for movement for other leaders and to see the DNA uh, instilled. Oh, amazing. Um, Ayla, c- could you finish by, by sharing with us, many of us who are listening to you right now uh, in a Western context, mostly Australia, could you just speak a little bit into that uh, especially about how, how on earth are we going to see church, <laughs> churches that you're describing from your context in Africa, how on earth are we going to see that happen here in a place like Australia? It can't happen here, can it? Church happens everywhere. I think what we need to, we, the, the disciple makers, needs to have a mind shift. And, and a mind shift is a big thing. Because always we do what we know, we do what we've experienced, and it's very difficult to move away from what we are used to. And, and this kind of, we've seen forms of the churches, we've experienced those forms, and if they don't happen the way we've experienced, we always disqualify anything that people call a church because we see these things through our mind, we see these things through the eyes of, 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 of what we've experienced. Our experience became a, a stumbling block. Uh, Andrew, as I share with you, it wasn't even easy for me. I started a church that wasn't, that wasn't a movement. That single church I started became a denomination. I don't know whether you even know that. Created, I, I, I call it a man-made. I was, you know, <laughs> it's still there. Of course, many of them have gone into a movement ways. I struggled. 
I, I, I wanted to create a church, created a constitution. And we had all these bylaws. And, and, and it was a church system rather than a church. That's what the struggle was. The church was biblical, the function. And so for the Western world, one key thing is it, it has to be redefined in your mind. You have to redefine it, that it has to be this way, it was this way in the Bible, until it went into this way because of what has happened since the time of Constantine, when the church and everything was formalized into what it is today. I think it started there. The other thing is, it's really uh, choosing to go simple. And, 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 and people were doing it. You have to come up with a model that is working so that others can learn from. When you talk about these things and people say it is impossible because they have already created impossibilities in their mind and they start believing those impossibilities. Once you create impossibilities in your mind that it can't happen, you start believing it can't happen and you'll not attempt because you've already believed that it can't happen. And so there's no attempts. And so I said, well, even at the beginning when I started learning about disciple-making movement and I resisted the whole day and the whole week that it's not going to happen in the Islamic, God spoke to me and said, get out of the way. I remember God telling me, get out of the way. And I said, okay, God, I don't understand everything. I've learned this and I'm going to implement even if I don't understand it. And God started doing it because now I became helpless and, and wanting to be in the hands of God and to be that simple, to be used of God. And so, Andrew, I want to encourage everyone that creates the belief that it's going to happen. Believe that God is going to make it. Remove all the obstacles that makes people to believe that it can't happen. Because that's it by itself is a disbelief. You use the word, uh, it can't happen. And, and so, coming from, of course, of course, I've said so many things, but that mind shift itself, start seeing things in a different way, will be important that it can happen. It can happen. And uh, so those are the things that I can say. Um, maybe one more thing is, start practicing what you believe that God can do it. You see, so many people are philosophical, and they have not made even an attempt. So they, they just decide and say, it's not going to happen without even trying. It happens in Africa. It happens in South America. It happens in maybe in India and all those places. What makes it happen in those places that it cannot happen? It cannot happen in, in, in your context. And, and people are people. You can say in very religious places are, are, are places that has a lot of formal, formalized religions, organized, like Islam. So... All I was saying is um, be the church and do the church. And, 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 and for me, uh, will, will that mean is as you gather to do the functions of the church, you are already a church, and then now you have to do the functions of the church, uh, which is really, um, for me, is, it's, it, it happens as, as, as you continue. And, and and do not give up on, on, on doing church or being church. And uh, uh, sometimes we don't get exactly what we want or we don't see things happen exactly the way they should. And I think as the group grows, as the group proceeds, uh, continues, 
the church will emerge, the church will mature, the church will multiply. And uh, I am not waiting always for a perfect church because they, we don't have perfect human beings as disciples coming together. And we continue to grow in Christ and mature and we become like him when, when he appears. And so I'm looking for that day. But until then, uh, all that I have to do in, in, by looking at the scriptures to become a church, to do the functions of the church, I will continue doing it. So I encourage all of us, and all of you in Australia, to be the church and do the church and, and, and multiply the church. Because really, have that DNA of multiplication from the beginning. It's not let. If you haven't started that way, I always said, you have tomorrow to start. You have even this evening to start. We are not doing a project or a program that it is too late. And I said, if you want to do it tomorrow, you do it. You don't have somebody standing over you with a stick to force you to do anything. We are doing this in obedience to the Great Commission, and we do it because we love our Lord. We want to be obedient disciples. And so this is not a program of an organization or a, or a church or somebody's, somebody's program that we are being forced to do it. I do it because I am an obedient disciple of Jesus Christ, and wherever I go, as a disciple, I am expected to do this. And so I encourage all of us to, to be doing that, and I pray for you. As you do church in your own context, in your, in, in your own expressions, God will bring about fruits that will multiply, but not only multiply, as in John 15, 16, fruit that remain. He knows how to create sustainability. And that's what I pray. And uh, to happen to all of us, until he comes back, let us be the church and do the church and multiply that is for the glory of God. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, Ayla. I uh, know that we're going to take what you've said and really unpack it um, and uh, really see what it is that God wants us uh, to to change and to start doing and just uh, so rich. So thank you for sharing with us. And I wonder if you could... could Just maybe one more. It's not just to start doing it. There is something to stop doing there's a lot in us to stop doing it because we borrow a lot from what the formal things that we've we've had in the past. So I use the word, there are things that we need to stop doing it to start doing it, new things. And this comes out of mind shift again. So think of those things that you need to stop doing so that you start doing yeah. new things. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Such a great question to get unstuck. Thank you so much, Ayla. I wonder if, yeah, you could you could finish by just praying for us uh, to have those paradigm shifts, to, to stop doing some things <laughs> and to start doing some others. That would be awesome. Okay, let's pray. Father God, uh, thank you so much for your body, uh, for your church that is everywhere, and uh, the church that is in Africa and the church that is in Australia, the invisible church, uh, your church, the universal church. Uh, thank you for your church. Lord Jesus, you said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so I pray for my brothers and my sisters who are gathering in Australia and other places all over the world, uh, loving and expressing the love for you in gathering to, to, to be a church and to multiply the same. 
Father, there's so much that we struggle with from where we come from. A lot of forms, a lot of traditions, a lot of things that we even thought was a church that is not a church. A lot of church systems that even stands on the ways of the gospel and the growth and the multiplications of disciples today. We've seen those forms are dying in many places around the world. Nobody is interested in systems and forms and buildings any longer. And that's why we see people are burying buildings and buildings remaining empty. And yet the church of Jesus is still there among the people in places, in homes, in places of works and businesses and other places. Those expressions and obedience of gatherings of believers happening. I pray for my brothers and sisters that Lord as they meet and and think through this and pray through this that you give them uh, the insight from your word of how church should be how church is being done. Uh, I pray that Lord they'll get the courage of breaking away from tradition breaking away from past from things that holds them back from experiencing the new way of doing church. Um, and, 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 and so, Lord, I, I pray, give them simple faith and, 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 uh, and, 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 and Lord, just simple obedience. Let them do it. Let them become. And so, Father, I'm praying the boldness to take a step and challenge what is not biblical, things that we've practiced for centuries that are not even helping the growth and the expansion of the kingdom of God. I pray that the Holy Spirit, as He walked through the book of Acts, as He walks in the lives of disciples, in the lives of apostles, and our own lives today, that that Holy Spirit, who is evident and working in us today, will walk through them and, and lead them to, to, to the path that God you want them to take. Thank you so much. Bless your work. Bless this gathering and, and be with them. Until we meet in somewhere, dear God, we pray. Let the church of Jesus multiply and to, to, the, to the regions beyond, among the people groups and different contexts in this world. Thank you so much. We bless you. In Jesus' name.